And so two people under the same leadership had two different, completely different responses to critique and the highlighting of issues within themselves. And one ended up hanging from a rope. The the other one ended up being one of the hallmark preachers and founding fathers of the modern day New Testament church. And Mm. I, I think when you're growing into your ministry, it can be very difficult to hear situations come against you and, and a pastor say certain things to you and a minister or an elder or a parent, somebody you respect to critique you in a way that makes you uncomfortable. But it's exactly your ability to respond to that that lays the foundation for who you're going to be in the very near future. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are blessed to be joined by Mark Crowder. He is an apostolic recording artist as well as a prolific worship leader and preacher who is based out of Columbus, Ohio. We had a great conversation with him about his life and ministry. He shared his advice for young leaders, what it's like to record a live worship album, why following your God-given dream is so important, and much more. Now, I have to warn you, audio listeners, Mark was on dad duty at home alone Uh, the night that we recorded with his two young children. And so about halfway through, you will hear a bit from Emma, his youngest, as she was sitting on her dad's lap. That was his best way to try and keep her quiet while we were recording. Also, I do need to make a correction from my episode last week. When talking about first moving to Australia, I mentioned that I was planning to help my friends start a church in June of 2020. I meant to say June of 2010, as I moved to Australia uh, at the end of 2008 into 2009, so that was the timeline. Not sure how that happened, but just wanted to correct the record. We had no plans of moving back to the States during COVID. Obviously, the borders were shut. So I just wanted to correct that in case I caused some confusion last week. As you're currently listening, you're probably not following. Following us is the best way to stay connected and not miss an episode. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Look to the top right for the plus sign. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube to check out our video content. Now, let's get to the conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Man, I'm so happy to be here. Been looking forward to it. Sorry it took so long to make this happen. Goodness. (laughs) That's all right. I, I know you're uh, you're a busy man. My mother-in-law was just with you. You you did a, a women ministering to women's conference, and yeah. uh, I mean you're you're all over the place. Plus you you lead at your local church, so totally understand. We just try and uh, work around the schedule of the guests that we have on. So thanks for actually making it happen. No, I appreciate it. Actually, she was talking to me, and I don't know if people know this, but you've uh, I guess woken up as early as four a.m. in the morning. And- <laughs> go all the way till late into the evening to make these things happen with all the cool guests you have. So kudos to you as well. Thanks, bro. Yeah, we we try to get guests on from around the world. And uh, the hardest ones have been the ones from the UK. I've had a couple on from the UK and they just do not match up with our time frame at all. (laughs) So those ones are a sacrifice. I I mean, it's it's really long here, but Mm -hmm. to the UK, that's got to be almost a full day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they pretty much they're getting up when we're going to bed, and then um, we're going to bed when they're getting up. So it's like 
yeah, we're, we're not in sync with them at all. But uh, <laughs> I, I had, uh, uh, just as an aside, I had um, Adrian Hall on. He's the youth president over there yeah. in, in the UK. And, uh, man, he's high energy. Like, he's, yeah. he's high energy, full stop. But then I had him, like, high energy in the evening in his, like, oh, wow. best hour of the day. And, and I'm just trying to muscle through at 5 a.m., trying to keep up with him. But it was great. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, the way I like to start these conversations is to get a, a bit of background of the guests for those who, who may not know you. So if you wouldn't mind sharing us a, with us a little bit about your background, where you come from, your interests, that sort of thing. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Cool. So um, thanks again for having me on. But uh, yeah, I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. Let's go all the way back. My dad's a full-time evangelist for the United Pentecostal Church. He's been evangelizing close to 30 to 33 years, something like that. Um, and uh, for when he initially decided to settle down, we settled out as a family in Indianapolis, Indiana. I grew up at Calvary Tabernacle, where Josh Carson mm. is the pastor now, but Brother Mooney was the pastor then. Um, I sang in all of their children's programs and uh, with the youth choirs. I was one of those main soloists on tour when I was there. Uh, sang with IBC once or twice as a kid on their mm. record. So that was pretty cool wow. as a soloist. Um, so I've been, I've been kind of close to Calvary. Indianapolis feels like home. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin was where I was born, but I was only there five or six years. And it was when I really don't have any memory. So Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis specifically really feels like home to me. Uh, but after that, um, I went to Indiana university, got a computer science degree, uh, ended up going to New York for a few about three or four years. Was a music director at a church there in Brooklyn, New York, um, wow. and then uh, I've been in Columbus uh, about ten years now. Um, for those that don't know, I have a day job. I have an IT company. I do cybersecurity, IT risk, governance, um, data compliance for large financial institutions and big four. What we call the big four here. Uh, in the United States, which is essentially the accounting firms. Um, so I, I do work like that. It's it's really a lot of hard work, but I really enjoy it. Uh, takes care financially with my family as well as helps finance my projects. And and then also, you know, I preach out and, and sing out and do conferences and everything. I, um, I may be out a little closer to you guys. I won't say one place because that hasn't been nailed down yet, but I think I'll be close to you guys not too long from now and then i'll be in the philippines sometime around next summer uh middle of summer 2023 so yeah the lord's uh, uh opened up a lot of doors thankful for it and juggle a lot of balls to, to make all this <laughs> stuff happen yeah that's amazing i didn't realize that you you uh were bivocational i thought you were your full-time in music that that's incredible especially with your your schedule traveling the world and uh, traveling across uh, America as well, doing conferences, camp meetings and that. So Absolutely. I, that's amazing. I really, I always travel with minimum two laptops, if not three, um, to kind of facilitate the, the various uh, institutions that I work uh, with for, however you want to view that. Um, and uh, I'm 100% remote. I haven't been in an office for almost three years. Plan to never go back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, that's, that's really how the Lord has given me the opportunity to do all the things that I do, um, take care of my family and, 
Um, you know, we, we were very blessed with the vehicles we drive. And then obviously God's given us the opportunity to have great video, great uh, uh, records, which all cost a, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If you've ever done it, you know that. So God's been yeah. good. Well, so you talked about how that you, you grew up in the church singing and, yeah. and, and that sort of thing. Um, did, did you have a specific moment where you felt a, a deeper call to ministry or was this sort of something that just transpired over time? No, great question. I, you know, singing is something that I've always had a talent for. Um, so things that kind of come naturally, you kind of always just do. Um, but that kind of the, the interesting thing about it is that, uh, kind of over time, other people thought I also had a talent for it and, and would ask me to do things. I started singing on platforms um, at six years old. My brother and I would harmonize that uh, Jesus loves me and, and uh, and you know, from there singing solos and groups and things like that. And then in elementary school doing Christmas programs and, uh, uh, you know, Christian schools have a lot of different of those kind of things with music. We don't have basketball teams, or at least we used to, we used to not at that time, basketball teams or football teams, things like that. But we all have tons of music stuff. So I was always involved in that. Um, in high school, it was really interesting because I switched from Christian school to public school in ninth grade. And that was like eyes wide open for me. I'd never been in such a crazy environment. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really interesting because um, I would start seeing, I started singing for uh, the national anthem for like basketball games and football games. And I became like really popular overnight uh, singing at these huge functions. Um, and then uh, during choir season, I was always going to have a, a major solo and I'm winning first place at all these choir competitions all over the country. Um, and actually, you know, we don't talk about this. I won talent search um, uh, for, for, which is at UPC Youth Congress yep. competition uh, back in the day. But I also won uh, several competitions uh, locally in the state of Ohio as well as regionally um, for, you know, that paid for college tuition or gave me money that I used for uh, uh, one of my records at the time. So, um, you know, I've, I've always done singing competitions and mm. things like that. But at 15 years old, um, I actually got a call uh, from the Lord to to preach. And, and so I've really tried to uh, pursue that. And it's not something that I've ever felt that I've had a talent for, but just an anointing and a passion to do the things of God. And God's kind of grown that ministry in me. And so I think, uh, you know, along with the talent, that's, I think that's why people kind of hear that from me. And I don't, I don't publish preaching. I don't, I don't think preachers should publish their preaching. Um, but um, as the Lord has grown the singing music, he's also grown the, the preaching ministry, and it's been an incredible journey. Well, what advice off the back of that, what advice would you give someone who feels the call to ministry, whether that's playing an instrument, singing, or preaching? Yeah, I think the hardest thing, and I heard this the other day, and it's so true, the hardest thing about having a call or feeling a burden or having a passion for a particular avenue of merge, uh, of ministry is growing into that calling, growing mm-hmm. into it. Um, you know, uh, the uh, Matt Tuttle posted something uh, that I saw earlier today, and I'm not sure what the actual date of the original post was, 
but somebody had kind of screenshotted and posted again today. And he talked about how um, in the Bible, there's an instance where Peter is criticized by Jesus and said, hey, you're going to deny me thrice. And he failed, but he stayed true to the Lord. He came back after the resurrection, or, or not resurrection, but he stayed true even after he failed. He was there when the Lord was resurrected, was there when Thomas put his fingers into his, the scars in his hand, was there at the resurrection, and then ultimately was there on the day of Pentecost and was in in many ways, it's certainly from, you know, a modern, modern person's perspective, one of the primary voices on the day of Pentecost that preached the message of Acts 38 and showed people how to get saved. And conversely, you have Judas, who also was told. Judas wasn't even called out per se, but he was said, somebody here is going to... Um, give me away. And mm. Judas at that time had already been scheming. He had already been uh, getting getting himself prepared to do these sorts of things. And so two people under the same leadership had two different, completely different responses to critique and the highlighting of issues within themselves. And one ended up hanging from a rope. The, under, the other one ended up being one of the hallmark preachers and founding fathers of the modern day New Testament church. And mm. I, I think when you're growing into your ministry, it can be very difficult to hear situations come against you and, and a pastor say certain things to you and a minister or an elder or a parent, somebody you respect to critique you in a way that makes you uncomfortable. But it's exactly your ability to respond to that that lays the foundation for who you're going to be in the very near future. You may be the person that you've been dreaming of that has been prophesied of that the Lord's giving you a vision of tomorrow. But if you screw it up today, it's all lost. You may mm. be that person 10 years from now, but if you waited the 10 years, it would still be worth it. That's the yeah. thing that is so, uh, it's such a, 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 um, a catch 22, if I can say it that way. Even if you waited, if, if it didn't happen for 10 years down the road, if it didn't happen for 15 years down the road, as much frustration along the journey that might be, when you got there, it would be worth it. The, 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 the uh, passion, the, the, the level of relief that you stuck it out, the level of happiness and humility that you would feel, that it really wasn't just your imagination, but it was real. You know, that was one of the most amazing things for me when I did my recording that for all these years, I saw this happening. I saw God doing something that I couldn't describe, that I didn't have the ability to orchestrate on my own, taking something that I offered him and making it go beyond my wildest dreams. You can't you can't do that in your own flesh. You don't have mm. the ability to bake that kind of a cake. The only thing you can do is give God the ingredients and let him do the rest. So in reference uh, to the album that, that you were just talking about, uh, in last year you released a, a live recording of the album called Faith Over Fear. Uh, love it. My, my daughter loves it uh, and my wife loves it as well. But um, <laughs> it includes songs like Anything Can Happen, which was probably the, the most popular song from that album. 
and then breakout, which uh, every apostolic Pentecostal church should be doing <laughs> if they know what's good for them. Uh, but uh, how did that album come about? Yeah, uh, great question. Well, Draylon Young had actually asked me to assist in his first live recording. And uh, we did the song on No One Like You. And um, mm-hmm. when I was there, uh, just to prep and watching everything come together, I knew that I had to do uh, it. And I'd been, you know, wanting to do one for a long time. But there's a difference between wanting to do one and then making the decision to make it happen. And finally, it got to a place for me where I was determined that it was absolutely going to happen. And not only that, but I really felt like I, the Lord had impressed me that it was time and I had a calling to complete it. And I think that it's important that you have that because there's going to be so much uh, pushback. There's going to be so mm. much interference. There are going to be so many opportunities and issues that you go through in life that you're going to have to have that in the back of your mind that says, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and so I think it's always going to be tough when you're, and, and excuse my daughter in the background, <laughs> she's, uh, she's with her sister, but we're, we're all going through issues right now where um, you're going to face adversity. You're going to have to press through and you need to know that you're doing what God told you to do in those moments. Not, it's nice to have people's encouragement, but without that word from the Lord, the encouragement is just kind of water off a duck's back, you know, a little bit of a success while you're pushing for the ultimate goal. It's nice, but it's not going to be enough to really push you over the hill. If you don't have that word from God, you Mm -hmm. really need to have that word from God. And then when you have that, everything else is that extra boost. It it feels like that extra boost of energy, that extra bit of gas to push over the top. And you got to have a word from God. And I felt like I had that So once I had that word from God, I felt like I could progress forward. I felt like I could take the next step. And so I was trying to figure out who to go with. And I had like five different people at that uh, recording of Draylon's tell me I should try and talk with uh, Kirk Kenai. And I hadn't ever talked with Kirk before, but um, or not had a lengthy conversation. I knew him, but I didn't know him. And uh, so... I, we talked uh, about a Sunday or two later, and I said, hey, I'm going to fly down there and we'll have a conversation and we'll see where it goes. So we, um, we had breakfast at Cracker Barrel that morning. Um, and I don't know, it was just like something clicked. I was like, this is the guy. Like, Now, granted, Kurt Kanhai has an insane record. Like, mm. He's had all kinds of records uh, with tons of people in the gospel industry he's done everything from contemporary to you know rock to uh gospel so he's incredibly well versified um incredibly well versed knows everybody in the industry um you know he can do a five or ten thousand dollar project and he can do a hundred and fifty thousand dollar project so whatever you want to do he can do it has done it and so when we were sitting there and we were talking, I knew right then that the chemistry was there, that the Holy Ghost was on that connection and that we were going to be able to do some great things together. And we talked about, you know, just, you know, his vision was my vision. We wanted to kind of set out several projects and things like that. And 
that was kind of like the kickoff. That's really mm. where things started to move. He kind of started putting together the band, kind of helped giving me some advice on singers and things like that. And we started putting together the scratch tracks. And those are kind of the beginning ideas of songs that we're going to do. And um, it was it was a really incredible time. We were just I felt like I was flying down there every other weekend at one point in September and October. And we were we brought in David to help us put together the scratch tracks and um, uh, another young lady from Canada and uh, Bethany Easter. And we worked out all the basic parts on things. And then we had like one or two other songs that came in right in December until we got to that, you know, the fateful night. And it was so incredible because it's right in the center of COVID. Nothing's yeah. going on. And mm. at the time when we had first announced, we thought because of the times was going to be the very next week. Well, Brother Mangan goes and puts out a video on his Twitter and on Facebook that they're canceling because of the times. So literally for a three week period at the beginning of January, where everything was supposed to be happening, all the HYCs were canceled because of the times was canceled. And the only thing happening in the country was our live recording that Friday night. And it was, it was great. It wasn't mm -hmm. just like good. It, the Lord, the Lord orchestrated everything. It was great. And uh, we put out videos and, you know, I, it really felt like we were doing things nobody had ever done yet. And um, it was really, you know, you've seen other people kind of take those ideas and capitalize on them and, and put their own spin on it. And, and they're doing stuff now that nobody's ever done, but I, it just, it was really incredible to see how God took that, you know, and, you know, I, I called James in the preparation of that recording. Obviously I had been a part of Draylon's. So I took things from them and just like people have done with myself, put my own spin on it. So I, I think it's really important when, when God gives you an idea, just go after it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't try to shy away from it. God's going to do something that's going to blow your mind, but you've got to give it an opportunity to do that. Amen. And, and, and also, uh, off the, uh, the title of the track as well, or the title of the album, Faith Over Fear, like yeah. really just spoke to the moment. Like you had all yeah. these things canceling. You had, um, the, I think it was the first real winter over in the States uh, yeah. of COVID and just just a lot of darkness going on. And then yeah. out of that is this album, Faith Over Fear. And I, I just remember I was following it online. You know, obviously we're in Australia. We were locked down to like the end of 20, 2021. But yeah. uh uh, it was really encouraging to to watch, and you know, on top of all the other things that you do, you're a dad. You're a great dad. You got you got two kids, yeah. and um, you're on dad duty tonight. So I yeah. completely empathize with that. So I, I totally yeah. understand where you're coming from. Yeah, we're we're practicing for our Christmas program, and uh, my wife planned a rehearsal tonight without it telling me. So I couldn't like say like cancel your rehearsal i've got <laughs> we talked about this so um you know we we kind of just you know heart uh, hunker down and make it happen so <laughs> i think you guys kind of wrestling through this but yeah i you know it's uh it was really amazing that it was kind of uh right there in the middle of covid um nothing was nothing was else was going on um and it really was there the first kind of big winner, as you said, with COVID. Mm. And, um, and so that offered a really 
unique situation there. Um, kind of, you know, that, that probably will never happen again. No, it you know, won't. It's, it's very unique. Yeah. Yeah. It's extremely unique, but yeah, faith over fear. I remember when, um, I was writing that song, um, I actually, when the idea for the the bridge came to me, faith over fear, I thought it might be too corny. And I just mm. like, well, that's too on the nose. You can't say that. That slogan's kind of out there. People are going to be like, well, that's dumb. But when uh, when I sent it to Kurt, he liked it. He put the music around it, and it just like, man, it worked. And it was a great title track. Um, it really kind of said everything that we wanted to say right at the bat. And then, you know, Breakout followed that on the track. And uh, Breakout was actually the last record that uh, we had tried out for the album. Um, we were there in the studio on the last day after, you know, four or five weeks back and forth in the studio uh, context to that. But he was like, is there anything else that we could possibly put on the record? I said, well, there's this song, but I was hoping to have it on the next record whenever we do that. And um, I sat down and I played Breakout and he actually pushed me on the key off the keyboard while I was playing it. And he told me this will be on the record. <laughs> and uh, so, um, and obviously Breakout, is the number one song off the album. It's the song people oh, sing most. Oh, yeah, wow. it's the most financially lucrative song for me off the album. But uh, most importantly, it's the one that people sing most. It's the one mm -hmm. that's crossed the world the most. Anything yeah. can happen as far as in the States. Outside the UPC is the most popular song. Outside of Apostolic Circles, it's Anything Can Happen. But yeah. Breakout in Apostolic Circles has crossed the world several times over and it's been really amazing to watch yeah we we did it here uh our choir did it, i think for turning point this year um, oh wow praise god yeah well, one of my favorite uh songs from the album is the cross you carried and i believe you that oh, that one was recorded before right that wasn't unique yeah. to this album but yeah. um just a beautiful powerful song and I, I encourage anyone to listen to it but would you mind just sharing the background of that song before we finish up i know you've got a lot on your plate tonight. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, Cross You Carried was a song that I wrote out of prayer. And I had actually written it probably 10, 11 years ago now. And um, it was, um, I don't know, it was just it was just a period of, of time in my life where just, you know, like I talked about earlier, you know you're called, you know the Lord is giving you an instruction on something. You're just not sure how it's going to be carried out and what's going to happen and when it's going to happen, more importantly. And so, you know, I remember spending hours, 1, 2 a.m. in the morning, praying, crying, just, you know, snotty nose, all that kind of stuff. You know, God, what's going on? You know, and, uh, you know, finally one night, you know, I'm there on my floor and I'm like, to the highest mountain I'll climb if you're going there. To the lowest valley I'll run. If that's where you're calling me, I'll go. And when I see the cross you've carried just for me. Uh, and uh, it, still, it, still, it still takes me back to those moments mm. thinking of that song. Uh, because I, I, know, I know every emotion. I know every thought that was going through my mind when I was really giving that to God. And that's actually the song that... Mo that most pastors say that they listen to the most. Yeah. They say, you know, I pray almost every day to that song. 
I have multiple pastors that have told me that. And, um, you know, I, uh, you always got to keep the cross in view. There's always going to be something, um, a reason why you could take a different path. You know, there's a lot of talented people, yourself included, that are connected to this podcast, that listen to this podcast. And uh, for every opportunity that the world offers, you know, you've got to keep the cross in view. You're going to have the ability to do lots of things. You're going to have a lot of open doors, you know, but it's really about the cross and, um, and, and what God's done and about his kingdom and what he's doing now in this time through us. So it's important to keep that focus. Yeah, it's, it's a powerful song. I absolutely love it. And, and it makes sense that a lot of uh, ministry w- would be drawn to a song like that. Now, again, uh, appreciate, appreciate your time. Appreciate you. Uh, coming on the podcast, I, n- I know it hasn't been the easiest for you. You're over here juggling kids, trying to trying to chat with us, and so I really do appreciate you fitting us in and uh, coming on the podcast and, and talking to the listeners. Um, I just I like to finish off these episodes by by giving the guest an opportunity to share a word with the listeners, something you believe that uh, God has laid on your heart specifically for the podcast. So, if you wouldn't mind taking us out from from here, bro, and, and sharing with, with the listeners. Thanks again for your time this evening. Awesome, man. Well, two things. Um, first of all, I want to really communicate to everybody here that every major individual in the New Testament church at the beginning was bivocational. And I think that's really important for us to understand because every single one of us has a call from God. We have a commission, something that we feel like he is asking us to do. And very often we say, well, I have all these responsibilities. My time is committed to multiple people. I don't know how I'm going to make manage this. But God's really telling you that whatever is inside of you, whatever he has placed upon you, he's already provided all the resources for you to be able to complete it and complete it the way that he wanted you to do it. That's not to say anything against anybody that's in full-time ministry. That's one of the benefits of modern-day uh, Christianity, that we have a structure that people can devote their one, 100% of their entire lives to reaching the lost, building churches, growing churches, pastoring, evangelizing, being apostles, prophets, and teachers to the body of Christ. We thank God for every last one of those. But there are just as many, if not, not just as many, excuse me, there are more apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors and evangelists that are bivocational and that's not that you that shouldn't be viewed as a negative to your ministry that should be viewed as a positive to your ministry i tell young people all the time do not make a decision to go single vocational unless you hear a word from the lord because that bivocational may be exactly what god has ordained to sustain you, to sustain your family. Your family's got to eat. Your family's got to have a roof over their head. They shouldn't have to drive a 20-year-old Honda that has to be in the shop every other month unless that's what God has called you to be. And God does call people to be John's in the ba- John the Baptist out there, but not everybody. So uh, understand that unless God gives you that calling, that's not something that you need to do in order to fulfill your, your calling. There are bivocational pastors that pastor five, six hundred person churches, and they're all in the will of God. So that's so important. 
the other thing that I wanted to say is that um, whatever God lays on your heart, make sure you do it with everything inside of you. Don't ever hold back. Don't ever stay. Don't ever be restrained. Don't ever wait. Don't ever let anything hold you back. Pursue it with everything inside of you. The devil will try to deter you. The devil will try to put fear in your heart. The devil will try to make you feel like it cannot work and give you every reason to believe that it's not going to work. But you've got to make up in your mind that it is a commission from God and that you must do it. Some of us are lazy. Some of us have no demonic issue in our path except ourselves. And so I encourage you, push past that. Don't let your don't let your own self be your own worst enemy. Force yourself. Make make yourself accountable to somebody. Schedule yourself. Do everything possible that you can do to make sure that you're doing the will of God and God will give the increase in your life in ways that you can never imagine. To the highest mountain I'll climb If you're going there To the lowest valley I'll run If that's where you're calling me I'll go Across the oceans I'll sail If you're going there To the farthest corner of the earth That's where you're calling me I'll go When I see the cross You've carried for me just for me just for me when I see the cross you carry just for me just for me for me when I see the cross you carry just for me just for me just for me when I see the cross you carry just
grave rose again in three days they pierced you in your side you hung your head and died but then you rose again with keys to death and hell just for me somebody ought to rejoice over that when I see the cross just for me just for me just for me when I see the cross you carry just for me For me